Would you did did Adam come to some kind of intellectual harmony about the baby Groot situation? Oh no, you're not. You're still not okay with it. Maybe. Baby Groot being the Groot's son. Yeah, I know. Well, like, people Junior. are confused because you called him Groot. You didn't say it's Groot Junior. When did they call him Groot though? Plants still need a crossbreed though, right? No, I guess they don't. They know. You can just drop a seed, and then the soil it'll just go. Well, that he, makes him a clone. Then he saw right? annihilation. So yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know the biological initiative of plants. I know that Mendel crossbreeded a bunch of shit. Howie. Yeah, Howie. I mean, the, the, the biological initiative no. of all plants oh, it's is, George Washington Carver. is Denzel Washington to surpass others for resources. Uh-huh. Or so says Hope Jarin, author of Natural Lab Girl. Selection? Oh, okay. What's Lab Girl? Uh, it's just, it's this biologist's memoirs. Is it like Tank Girl, but with a lab? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you sure? Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that would perform better, Elise? Uh, Don't you yeah. think that would test better? I should write the publisher. Do you think <laughs> Kit from A League of Their Own... Like in the '90s, was like I'm gonna be on fucking top forever, yeah, forever. Free Willy, like, point Tank break. Girl. I mean the actress, Free Willy, yeah. What's League her of the name? Own. Tank Girl. Oh, I know her Not name. Not Juliet Lewis. It's a new computer. Fuck. All right. Well, all I have is Kit. I know Kit's her name, I but I can't think I'll of it. What the the car? She probably. I guarantee you, she did a bunch of voice acting. Kit Williams. Legal. No. Why aren't people named Mutt anymore? That's what I was Mutt? Yeah, like in Indiana like Jones. Lang, Shania Twain's hus- ex-husband. Is that real? Yeah, he's Mutt. Mutt Twain? Mutt Lang. Oh. I think it's Mutt Lang, right? I don't know. I have never heard this before. Lori, I don't keep abreast. Her name's Lori. Ooh, she's close. Oh. It's something when you're, you're not giving. Lori Petty. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> Wait, Lori. Yeah, that's Tank Girl. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, we were talking about Tank Girl. Oh, we were finally talking about Tank Girl and I missed what, it. What's she been up to? Voice acting? Yeah. Well, she was also in um, for Free Willy Tank Girl. No, she was in uh, she was live action in something recently. I saw, that's their a own. cartoon. No, much more recently. Well, give their own. Too. She was in something good, and I was like, "Dang, Lori Petty's killing it." Transformers. What was it? Fuck. We'll find it. Gotham. Orange. Oh, I think Black. I know what you're Absolutely talking about. Lawrence. It was. I think it was Orange Is the New Black. I think I know what you're talking about. The theme from House came up on my Google Play radio <laughs> recently. Oh, you Google mean Matt. Massive Attack? Was that Massive Attack? Yeah, teardrop. Yeah, that uh, that song is the Karate Dog. Is that what you're thinking of, Lawrence? <laughs> Probably. Let me tell you guys how tough it is to be me. Okay, you ready for this? Okay. Because I liked Massive Attack well before House was popular, well before. And it's uh, it sure did suck to really enjoy that album and then have everybody go, "Oh, it's the House song." And I was like, "No, where's my credit for liking them?" It's hard not getting that. It's in the mail. Yeah, it's been a long time. Coming. Wasn't that show over? She doesn't do a lot I was in the army now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I knew that. Yeah. I like her. Look at that, man. She was on top of it. <laughs> Alien Nation? She, she was an alien. Like, the TV show or the movie? She was on the show. I gotta get... I, I really just gotta get a career going in, like, C-level movies. Like, get a couple good classic flicks under my belt. And then from there, just... Coasted out just like a for the next... Shawshank Redemption, yeah. Schindler's List. I should be in a Shawshank. What we should try and remake Shawshank Redemption. Nope. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> Isn't the guy from Shawshank Redemption death in yeah. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Wait, the uh, the like the really nice hit guy. Uh, you mean you mean Andy. the guy from Day Five Season Two? What's his name? Gary Busey's son? No. The guy from... He's in Day oh, 5, season yeah. 2. Yeah. He's in Tim and Eric stuff, right? That guy? Is he? No. I don't think he is. It's not Clancy Brown. No. It's not. Is this Clancy. dude soup? <laughs> we're getting there. Sorry. <laughs> everyone watching? 
I uh, had to get in my squats, so I'm a little bit behind. I don't have my phone or anything. Yeah, we we should have started already. Hold on, let me let me I'm jiggle these buttons here. I can look it up. He said he's coming back for the next. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so gotta get my show notes here. Pretty much wraps up the episode. We've yeah, it all looks out. like we're done. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hey, welcome to a uh, prostrating, apologetic bullet dude soup, sort of. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. This episode's brought to you by two sponsors, Blue Apron and Movement Watch. Uh, Blue Apron is treating Dude Soup listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com soup. And you can get 15% off your order with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash soup. Boy, what a week, huh? Yeah. Uh, Annihilation hit theaters. James forgot something. He'll, he'll be right back. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, you don't need your watch, probably. Is that what he was going I to go get? I think so. I just realized he's in a wheelchair, so he can. No, take him a minute. I'm gonna go get it. Oh, okay. I, didn't... I don't think you need it. Okay. Um, or rather, uh, the the show notes say must wear watch. Ooh, so, nice. So they throw an S on the end. Nickel and dime those advertisers. I left mine. <laughs> oh, he was in day five. Sorry, trying to figure out if Josh Flanagan and crew have worked with anyone of you. notable fame, and they have. Busey uh, Jr. I got a slide. Well, again, baby Busey. So William Sadler played Death. Oh, William Sadler. Yes, he was going to play Death in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the superior of the Ted B- Bill and Ted franchise until the third one comes out. Is it superior? I've, I've just seen it more. So. I know it has a. Better reputation, I guess. Michael's but. getting cheeky in chat. We talk under the intro, man. It's our uh, it's our cool little thing we do. Michael Jones? Michael yeah. Lindblad. Hey, Michael Lindblad, sorry. How I just saw Michael. Buddy? How's Iris? How's she doing? It's not Michael Jones. Sorry. Oh. Michael Lindblad. It's pronounced Iris. Yeah, I was gonna say. I talked to him about it the <laughs> other the other weekend. He wants people to um, call his kid Iris. Okay. Okay. So like just, yeah. Oh, like the hit film Iris, or? Yes. Well, and her yeah. middle name's Elise, so she's Iris Elise. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Jones, okay. don't forget to call the police. <laughs> what? We should open the show with a rap. Dan You're Harmon right. does it. We can do it. Why not? Man, I love white dudes rapping. That's the thing taken off on Twitch now. What? What? Yeah, like like Twitch lords, dudes with beards, they'll play Fortnite. We'll get to that in a minute. For hours and hours and hours, and they'll be like, okay, give me a beat. And then they'll just like, I, I see him with my eyes. Let me have some fries. And I'm just like, oh, I love doing like, that. Like James DeAngelis. Yes. Raps. He's a rapper. I do He's that a rapper. at home. Rapper Laureate, if like, you will. Welcome to Dude Soup. We'll tell you the truth. You won't believe mm, our lies mm, because mm, we won't catch you by surprise. I, because I, if there's mm, a topic mm, in our eyes, we're going to mm, look through the disguise mm, and try to uh, realize. realize the potential <laughs> in our size of our I was audience. Say disguise. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where Lord uh, Jezebel lives. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm offended that Lawrence thinks white people can't rap the same way black people no, can't just, do country music. He didn't music. say they couldn't. He just said that it's like a thing now. It's a new trend, yeah. We're taking it back. Now? Now it's a Now? Thing. Yeah. Why can't music be universal? Snow. Let turtles sing EDM. Oh boy. You're already getting into it, Adam. Why? Uh, the the topic for which I must offer my own personal apology, which is our our uh very skilled and, and accurate handling of race discussion. <laughs> I was never more happy to be doing my taxes rather than be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh real quick, last week we talked about um uh, inclusion issues as it relates to Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, people were unhappy with that, and I understand why. Or rather, I think I have pinpointed a few threads of commonality that I can specifically make alterations to to address. Uh, I personally don't think that we have anything to apologize for in terms of what content was said. In the same way, I'm actually pretty happy with how the audience reacted to it. It was just a whole bunch of people expressing themselves in varying degrees of civility, but most mostly civility. 
Um, so that's pretty great. I think the system worked as intended. Uh, I read through a lot of the feedback. And uh, as such, I think I've, I've identified a few things that I can change to try and make the tackling of those issues a little more holistic in the future. So the, one of the issues that I had always uh, been frustrated with was, so we used to do news, um, and I really liked doing that. And I kind of thought that this podcast would be another avenue for us to do that. Uh, the problem is, since the podcast is improvisational, and it's not really all that structured in the sense that after I do an info dump at the beginning, it's just kind of open season, um, there's a wide gulf where somebody can, either through a slip of the tongue or through stringing together a bunch of very important contextual thoughts, have a certain point be yanked out of context, and then that doesn't look very good. Somebody. Yeah, someone who, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been guilty of it too. I'm not pointing the blame at anyone. Uh, so like it's when when I used to write news, I could control context when it's improvisational. I can't to it. Uh, I think what I'm going to do going forward is if we ever discuss something like that, I want to keep the tone lighter. You know, we're not here to solve world hunger or keep people from shooting each other as much as it'd be nice to do that. Um, but those headlines are real tasty. And also, I think uh, certain conversations. Papa Lawrence got to get paid. I got to get those views. <laughs> you understand? It's like Mojo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think we will continue to talk about them, but maybe in a different way. So what I'm, what I'm envisioning is uh, not necessarily a game show, but something a little more structured where I will announce, okay, we're going to stoke the SJW fire a little bit. So here's the structure going forward. I will now be the person who delivers information. Here are all the links, both to the people on the show and to you, the audience. Um, and then after that, I personally will always be devil's advocate, and I will make this declaration off the top. So my uh, my role then will be to basically not necessarily challenge, but uh, complement what everyone else naturally believes, uh, and in that way, hopefully, views are represented in a responsible way, and you, the audience, won't feel frustrated that it sounds like it's just a bunch of people jerking each other off with their soft liberal California palms breathing their but what if people here California disagree? wine vapor. Then where does that leave you, Lawrence? Uh, good question, Elise. I've, I've thought about that. I mean, if, 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 if observing the conversation, I feel as though all of the various sides that I've researched in my research are represented, then I don't have to do anything. But if, if, uh, if I feel as though there's an aspect or an angle to a particular story that is out there or that people, <clears throat> I can take on the voice of people, because I read all this stuff too. And I know the concern is that I'll self-select, but this is what journalists do. You kind of have to trust that they know how to do their job. So. And yes, in that regard, I am a journalist. Also, I am a hero. So uh, all those things put together, hopefully the treatment of this going forward will be something that will be less frustrating to you, the audience, and hopefully a more uh, well-rounded, uh, more representational discussion. So uh, in, that, in that way, um, hopefully by framing it that way, you don't get mad at me for both being the information presenter and a side taker. I can do both do both jobs hopefully so yeah um that that will that will be the uh, the thing going forward it's going to be an experiment the show is an ongoing experiment i think that's the right way to think about social it so experiment. yeah social experiment for justice no next. i mean we're doing it on the audience the next yeah. episode's <laughs> live from a prison where half of us are going to be the guards and half of us are going to be the prisoners <laughs> yep you'll be behind a sheet and you have a little dial you turn up to shock them and then they yell uh, i made a specialty panopti camera to Ooh. film the whole thing <laughs> Let's see how being behind bars affects yeah. Elise. And as soon as the door shuts, feces hits me in the face. <laughs> yep. Stanford prison experiment. It's fascinating. Look it up. Uh, all right. Or don't. Don't let me tell you what to think. Um, 
All right, now moving on, I guess. Here's here's the here's the juicy headline that I've sussed out today, and that's that people like Fortnite. So I'm gonna find a way to cram Fortnite into the headline. Yeah, <laughs> slow down. Watch me weave a tail. You don't want those dislikes, man. Let me let me conjure up views out of the YouTube ether. What if if you amounted a certain amount of dislikes, they would just take your YouTube channel down? I mean, if you get like, strikes, they do. That could be a fun like the Snapchat version of a YouTube channel, where like if you get 150,000 dislikes. Like total or on one video? Let's say total. Yep. Mm. What? I still feel bad that I got I Michael's like name wrong. Anytime there are these these musings, then it just encourages the audience to blast it with dislikes or whatever to try to prove our like thesis. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our hypothesis. That's what I'm saying though. Is they don't do anything right now. Oh, if you no. created a platform where the voting actually meant something. Like in a certain amount, I don't know. I'm well, sorry, I'm throwing that idea. I mean, in the way in the way YouTube operates that way, except it's with eyeballs, and that's what gets you the problem with yeah. conspiracy theory videos and Infowars and all that stuff. Sorry if you love Infowars, but if you do, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. Uh, go go put some tinfoil on your head, unless you have you money. Know, you may be looking outside of your own worldview. Yeah, that's why you're here. Not to uh, okay, fair enough. Not to not to get angry at you, but someone who. Uh, I love dearly my life listens to InfoWars. Oh, so. sorry. That's no, okay. I don't I, listen to I don't listen to InfoWars. <laughs> <laughs> you know someone I love. Did you get him? <laughs> no, I, I like the No, uh, a family member definitely does. And I, I was always like, oh, that's an interesting fellow. And I remember talking about when we were going to Austin mm. a bunch for Rooster Teeth. They were like, like oh, yeah. CD Alex Jones. They were like, you're like, oh, you like Alex Jones? Like that guy's from Austin. He's great. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I would just hear him talk. Like, my uh, I would hear it playing. Every once in a while, I was like, oh, "Sounds like a sounds like the talk radio I heard growing up as a kid." I will say it's it's arresting if you if you treat it as entertainment. But yeah, I, I, I have I have no strong opinions on it one way or the other. But I'm just saying, you know, think before you talk, Lawrence. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I no, I, I stick my foot in my mouth on it. No, no, no. It's fine. I uh, I think. Hey, Adam. Here, hey, here's my here's my first first run around the block. Let's say that we can both agree. Sure. That it's flawed to base your system of beliefs on an entertainment product. Absolutely. Well, we always preach, form your own opinion. Devil's advocate, I only get my beliefs <laughs> oh, yeah. from one single Thank God Elisa's here to say this. That's like I when just... you kept asking me what I thought the Upside Down would think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't like the fact that jetpacks are coming to battle Fortnite nice. Battle Royale, though. I, I can stand firmly in that. Cause... All right. It's so <laughs> I was going to ask your opinions on, on Groot Jr. But Lawrence, huh? uh, <laughs> Fortnite Battle Royale has been popular for several weeks, months. <laughs> um, so what makes us talk about it today? Uh, jetpacks. Uh, actually, so legit, the reason we're talking about it today is I checked Google Trends yesterday to see see where the veins of internet communication were, and this was number one. Hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of math out there saying that that battle royale is a big deal. Uh, sales numbers, player engagement, it's all it's all fucking through the roof. PUBG sales numbers are absurd. It's free, Fortnite right? engagement. Sorry, that was free. What? No, no, PUBG is not free. Oh, PUBG. Sorry, no, yeah. no, no. PUBG is not free. I thought you were talking about uh, Fortnite. My bad. But yeah. You just mean the, the, the no. Battle, was. battle yeah. Royale yeah. mode, right? Battle. You mean games that are employing Battle Royale? Yes. Right? Uh, but yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure Battle Royale is free to play. I don't know. That's Fuck, my, man. That's my assumption. Oh, uh, we just lost more viewers. Oh, don't hit the dislike just because we don't it know. Is. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, I didn't know if they... I'm uh, pretty sure it is. We haven't touched it Here. since we played it, so I didn't know if they had suddenly said... I mean, the, the internet would have been on fire uh, if so it had went for sale. Yeah, I mean, there we go. Epic, yeah. Epic has doubled down on Battle Royale and Fortnite, and if you had asked me if this would be the trajectory of this game, I I could no way have predicted this. And 
I mean, it's it's surprising that you would think this would become a huge game because I think people were sort of divisive on battle mm-hmm. on Fortnite. Yeah. You know, Our, and Daisy before that. I, Epic H one Z one. I don't exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know why everyone plays uh, these games, right? Why I can't predict why games get popular, but I do like seeing situations where a game with style. Oh yeah, hmm. like moves to the forefront because like even when we were talking, we talked, we had a similar discussion about PUBG. That there had been a whole slew of battle royale type games, mm-hmm. Daisy and stuff, except they all look like these weird, they all look the muddy same. kind yeah. of like, not necessarily bad, but they went for like a realism type thing. And then PUBG came out, and it was like the same game, tweaked gameplay a little bit to factor in the game mode that it was, and then it also felt like it had a more polished style. Mm-hmm. But now Fortnite is the Fun, cartoony. It's the, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily better or worse, it's but it's a different, more a different cartoony style yeah. of it. You know, say Overwatch without saying Overwatch. Kind of like what, <laughs> what happened with Overwatch. Well, I mean, no. even even like CS:GO is a good example. Or like, I know they're they're the rumors they're making their own battle royale mode. Even if it looks like CS:GO, which I know is a it is a realistic style, it still has more of a style mm-hmm. that I'm like, at least it doesn't look like hot garbage melting on top of hotter garbage. So why now is it at the forefront of trending again? Well, it's, um, I mean, to identify why is tough. What, what I find, uh, not, not, not to new disregard the question. Or anything. Um, Just the jetpacks. I, I, think, I think it is that there was, there was a core concept there that's different and fun, and then um, Fortnite refines upon it, kind of in that Blizzard way. Uh, whereas there were MMOs before World of Warcraft, but World of Warcraft started a trend. And once World of Warcraft hit, a bunch of companies spooled up MMOs. <laughs> In the same way, League of Legends hit, and then a shitload of companies started up MOBAs, and it's funny that you guys talk about um, Epic, because they had a MOBA, Paragon, mm-hmm. that they just walked away from because the MOBA wave is done. Thank yeah. God. And to that to that point, I am fascinated by, like, cultural waves. So Star Wars hits, and then we get shit like Star Crash and Buck Rogers and all that stuff. I mean, granted, Buck Rogers came way up before, but there's a reason it was remade. Kroll, like, there was a whole slew of sci-fi fantasy flicks. Uh, legend, I think, your can volcano even be and your Dante's Peak. Yeah, you drove versus yeah, the volcano. Go a week without a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so the the MOBA wave looks something like this, and and this is this is extensive Wikipedia diving. So in 2009, uh, you had League of Legends and Demigod, and then just kind of they just hit year after year. 2010, Avalon Heroes, Heroes of New Earth, Monday Night Combat, and Realm of the Titans. 2011, Bloodline Champions, Rise of the Immortals. These are even just the big ones. 2012, Awesome Knots, Guardians of Middle Earth, Super. Monday Night Combat and Warhammer Online Wrath of the Heroes. 2013 at Dota 2 and Panzar. 2014 Dawngate, Fates Forever, Prime World, Vainglory, and Smite. Wow. 2014 is basically like, so the 2009 wave hit. 2010, 2011, the math was kind of, like the numbers were coming out. Holy shit, this is a thing. A bunch of companies started up projects. Those all hit in 2014, 2015. 2015, Heroes of the Storm, Infinite Crisis, Sins of a Dark Age, and Strife. 2016, Warhammer 40k, Dark Nexus, Nexus Arena. Mobile Legends, 2017, has Gigantic and Master x Master. And then Paragon and Battle Right. Uh, I, mean, I, I heard may have of missed Battle it. Right. Did you say the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, mm-hmm. Middle Earth. There it uh, is. That's was it a, Battle yeah. for Middle Earth? Or? I always wanted to play that. What was the game that didn't? It was okay. It, it got like an announcement in E3 had a had a launch or announcement trailer, but then it was never developed, and it was like Battle something, and it was. It was Battleborn. Battleborn, I oh, think. That was it came the, out. That came, that out. came out. No, that was the Gearbox game. Yeah. No, then I'm not thinking. Oh. There was Battle Right, which you might be thinking I don't of. Know. No, it's not Battleborn then. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's like Battle Verb. It's it looked like they were almost like colonial soldiers, like a weird oh. twist on. 
Maybe maybe it is Battleborn. I no no it That's wasn't Battleborn. Battleborn's Definitely not. very stylish. I know, you, I know, you know what I'm talking, talking about. about. I know what you're talking about, and it, it they just basically announced it and canceled it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, someone I, was attached to it, but no, I. It's, yeah, you're, you're talking. I mean, this is this goes way back too, right? Where every game was a platformer. They're like, make it like Mario. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was basically, you know, the, the Dark Man developers for the NES game. Didn't know what the hell they were doing. They're like, just make it like Mario. Get things you collect. Like, does that have to be like the movie? I don't like. Why make a new game? And then someone else <laughs> figures out a new game, like a first-person shooter. Yeah. So everyone goes, make it like that. Uh, Doom hit, and it it was a whole rash of also, very gritty metal first-person shooters. Command and Conquer hit, whole rash of shitty point-and-click RTS games. Oh, yeah. It's uh. This always happens. Yeah, and 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 so it's it's easy to say, oh, all these companies they don't have any originality. They're like, why, why can't they make an interesting product? I. I guess I guess you could argue this is me being a bit contrarian, but I think it's okay uh, for a company to make money. But I also think it's okay to enjoy it. Um, once Half Life hit and a bunch of companies made like kind of narrative, linear, scripted first person shooters, I really liked most of those. Uh, and like, I feel like that hit a fever pitch with the PS3, Xbox 360 generation. You had like Gears of War, uh, Assassin's Creed to a degree. It had an open world element, but it had plenty of hallways to run through. Uh, I kind of. I kind of liked at the time running through a hallway and have a bunch of fireworks go off around me. It's mm. not the deepest gaming experience, but I, I did enjoy the money fight that kind of happened between developers of people trying to make these big, cinematic, crazy, uncharted-style set pieces where you're on a train going through an airplane that is going over a waterfall and it's all exploding. I guess Bayonetta is another almost example. Sorry, of that. Lawrence, I remembered what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. 2014 E3 announcement: Battle Cry. Battle Cry. Mm, that was the <laughs> multiplayer that kind of got buried in Overwatch, and you know. How's Mag um, doing? Oh, it's the uh, Ooh. that's also a uh, Samurai Shampoo song. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Battle, if you search like Battle Cry nights. game, I'm sure or, it'll come whatever. Three was it? I'm thinking about New I think it was 2014. Yeah, I saw. I remember it was. Whoops. Kind of a strange trailer. Um, another example. Well, so like kind of the Me Too, not Me Too movement. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, I guess that's what it used to be called. Yeah, where it's like it was just like Bethesda? I guess. Wow. Yeah, but the but the uh, the sort of the, the cloney. The clone sort of games when GTA 3 came out, you got all the weird mm. open world games. Yep. But people still talk about it, but they're always like, Simpsons hit and run. Best Simpsons game ever. Best open world games. Like, you can thank GTA for that because mm-hmm. they sort of, it, you always need that first, that person to come out and it yep. might not be, it might not be the first one, uh, but it's, you kind of need that Apple thing where it's like, this is the person who perfects it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, now I get it. Uh, and yeah. GTA 3 was like definitely that. Well, like Arkham Asylum was Mm -hmm. like basically i mean it it definitely set itself apart but it probably wouldn't have existed if a game like god of war wasn't successful Mm -hmm. you know like it was that combat system everywhere now yeah i mean again i think arkham asylum definitely looked at how you play god of war and to were like how can we make this batman and then everything else copied arkham's Mm -hmm. system of things but uh but yeah it's it's interesting how like you're saying these ips Mm -hmm. that can't figure out where they fit, right? They yeah. just don't. They just don't have a way to fit into something. Some other game can come out that's completely unrelated, and then they're like, "Oh my god, that's it!" Imagine if instead well, of chains, it was Batman. <laughs> I think it, it is like <laughs> it is like plant life to an extent, where you have a hmm. bunch of roots that are competing for those resources, and it it might just be a a handful of factors that align in the in the exact way that they come out on top and get the. The water and the sunshine. Yeah. Yes. Um. That's what these games do. They. It, this actually like looks 
kind of cool. Well, steampunk because it's a lie. Steampunk it's a giant lie. Well, okay, well the maybe, con- no, the maybe. concept that it's selling mm-hmm. yeah. could be cool. You know, it's, steam- I'm sure it's somebody thinking like, this is <laughs> Dishonored <laughs> and Bioshock Infinite but meets MOBA. a MOBA meets sure. multiplayer. Well, like, all I mean, this plus the revenues of a MOBA was the pitch. Yeah, we're only talking right. about in terms of games, but this is basically everything and anything that in human society is like optional. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say hmm. like entertainment I think is crucial but like even things like fashion you know like yeah there is a period where people are like hmm maybe I want to live in Mad Men and then people just started designing their living rooms in you know 2010 to look like they were from the 60s or the 70s or anything like that or yeah. you know there's a point when all Hollywood made were westerns they, they like literally if you do the Universal Studio tour, you drive mm. through a street and they're like, this is called Five Points, uh, Five Points Town or whatever, because there were five different sets. So they could film five different Western movies all at the same time yeah. because that's what people were interested in. You know, I yeah. think the, the difference now, too, is like when you have uh, a, a smaller studios or indie studios that are making free-to-play games that can compete mm-hmm. with like a triple a that's trying to like if, if you know you make PUBG and it's free to play like of course you're going to d- develop a huge user base and maybe you're going to surpass mm-hmm. the other like competing triple a studios that are pay to play and maybe more polished looking it's like the but cheap Chinese knockoff yeah. version of the thing it's it might not be as good but it's cheaper so people can access it well paladins versus overwatch yeah. sort of thing it's like well I want to play overwatch but I can't so I'll, I'll download and play this thing it's good enough yeah mm-hmm. it'll get me by it's, if, if, that, if you're jonesing for that genre yeah. and that play style maybe you'll, you'll get it through that but I, I is Fortnite a better game than PUBG. PUBG? Well, I, that, that's my. I guess that's my. I people always do this on YouTube, and I, I hate it. It comes down to preference. Well, when people go, anyway, here are the facts. What do you think? And then they don't read the comments. I'm actually <laughs> legitimately asking the audience: Is Fortnite a better game than PUBG? And we're, we're live streaming right yeah. now on the. The, the, the new SVOD. I don't have the, the Ops Center open because this is a new computer and I'm not logged in on Twitter. Hold on. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. like I haven't played a ton of PUBG, but I do really like the the fort building and fortification aspect mm-hmm. of Fortnite because I feel like in a game like a Battle Royale where it's like some of us just like kill the clock. You know, you're just counting down. You're watching the area close yeah. on you. Being able to like kind of double down <coughs> on fortifying an area and, and making that that choice of like, well, I don't know if the circle is actually going to close mm-hmm. on me over here. I'm going to take my chance and I'm going to fortify this area and it may work out for you and that may be awesome and you may like do something really cool with that or, or it may fuck you and you may be like, oh, I have to abandon this. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's like a really <coughs> cool aspect to that style of play. It kind of gives it another level and makes it feel a little bit less like you're just mindlessly hiding or running around while you're waiting for that clock to count down. I agree, and and it's 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 crazy because that when we played it, it was like the first weekend, and people weren't using the build mechanics so much; they were playing it like PUBG. Oh yeah. But now, man, people get in like fort building races where they'll be like building walls around themselves and building ramps to get over other people, and then <laughs> they'll be like <laughs> corkscrewing around them. It's pretty cool. It's really cool to see. It's essentially yeah. like two two. It's like an anime fight, except the fight is you can weave material out of the air, so it almost looks like Avatar. People like throwing up walls and shields and being conscious of three D space. It's as much as like Quake was vertical and that it had jump pads and a lot of maps that were very up and down, uh, Fortnite is super vertical 
because you can build over people and drop on them and there's there's a lot of weapons that just shove people off of things and to that point that's a lot of the debate around jetpacks about how they work what they can do because it does change a lot of the tactics that you use in the game if you're used to like building over people and then dropping on them or, or using height to your advantage a jetpack can remove or fundamentally change how that works uh, some people have speculated that when it's engaged maybe you can't shoot so it makes you a big target so it's a big trade-off of vulnerability versus positioning um, if you can shoot Maybe it's just really hard to get or in a really vulnerable area. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it, there's a lot of angles to it. I, so. I, I just look at it as like, look at the bigger picture. Angles, they're, huh? they're adding content and they're trying to improve the game and change it where, I don't know, that, that sounds like a fun thing. And once again, I'm watching this from the outside. So take everything I'm saying with a large grain of salt. But the biggest update, I remember people losing their shit over PUBG because they added vaulting. They're like, oh. you can now climb over a thing. Uh, a, a game mechanic that was invented in 1998, we have added now, Brave. And I'm like, okay, neat, I guess. And then you look over at Fortnite and it's like, everyone's having fun over there. No one hates each other. PUBG, everyone, it just yeah. looks like a lot of angry teenagers. I'm so fascinated by a game's look and feel and how it evokes this, like an emotional state in the players. There are certain games, it's a chicken and egg thing you could say, but certain games attract patient kind people or just the manner of the game prevents people from getting really toxic and angry whereas PUBG man there's there's always some dude just screeching at max volume in Chinese in every lobby <laughs> um, God bless you uh, go ahead say Chong Charn Bang D Bang D Bong Bong D uh, our sweet Jackie child. Chan summer. What was it? What did he say? Jackie Chan, Chan Samo Hung. No, but what is it? Summer Home. I thought he said Summer, summer Home. home. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said Summer Home. <laughs> oh, some movie that Jackie Chan's. Chan's. Can I tell a quick Dawn story since we're watching footage of Universal Studios City Please Tour? Please do. Or, or Studio Tour? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load up a, an ad right after that, so, you guys, so savor it. You um, guys all know Dawn, our wonderful editor Dawn. Back when we used to work at Game Trailers together, Dawn would go to Universal Studios almost every weekend. He loved it. He lived a beautiful life. And it's <laughs> 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 all gone now. When we went as a team, Bruce surprised us and took us to Universal Studios. It's kind of an end, end of the year treat. Don uh, was so happy. And, and, and I think Bruce told him by saying like, he texted him and said, meet us at the gates of Universal Studios. And Don was like, what? I'm already there. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm there waiting. You guys are coming? <laughs> but when we went to go do the, we all went as a group to do the studio tram tour. And Don kind of like hustled ahead. And then he got like an outside seat. And he was like, this is the best seat on the tram. Like he knew. So he knew that he was going to be in the optimal spot to see everything. He could feel all the pyrotechnics going oh. off. So, and he was so disappointed that King Kong wasn't, active that day yeah uh, I, I just you want the best for Don I'll yeah. just tell you that much but I will say that I thought it was very selfish because he's probably seen that tour hundreds of times yeah he should have told someone else where the best seat yeah was. no oh he took the best seat uh-huh oh that's nice <laughs> uh, Don is Don is the best well, sounds like the worst you can take the best seat for your mouth with the blue apron <laughs> Nice. Oh, I got it. The best seat at the dinner table. Because ah. you got because you gotta have a great meal in front of you no matter where you sit. If right, you're fine. eating with Blue Apron. This is your podcast now. <laughs> you read it. No. It's time for another episode of Cooking with Lawrence. Since Blue Apron is a, a seminal a, a podcast sponsor here, and since I imagine you probably wouldn't like to hear the same ad read every single time, I'm gonna share with you tips and tricks from 
The kitchen of Lawrence Sontag. They are generally neither. Yeah, no, neither. It's typically the most basic knowledge that I've come upon by cooking every day, every night for the past two years. This one is get a good cutting board. Yes, that's right. The most basic of information. Um, I, I've, I've recounted this a lot with like drippy shower heads or d other dumb shit. I just had a really cheap cutting board and it was like really wobbly. And every time I would dice, every, every time I would dice or chop stuff, it would basically start rotating, and so I'd have to rotate with it as it was spinning around. And then I don't, I don't know why, and I wish I could evoke this state more, but at, at some point of using this crappy damn chopping board, I just looked up and I was like, wait, I can just get another one. <gasps> so I did! I bought it off Amazon, it showed up, I got some cutting board oil, because apparently you got an oiler cutting board, I didn't know this. Um, but yes, get a big, heavy, fuck off cutting board, you'll never have to worry about this again. I've also- I've also wondered, there's gotta be like a little adhesive feet that you can stick onto a cutting board to keep it from Maybe sliding around, Maybe some rubber right? on the bottom so there's some traction. Yeah. Tell me, tell me if- this probably already exists, but tell me if you think it's a bad idea, or a good idea. Little divots in the cutting- a really large cutting board that has little divots. So when you chop your garlic, you slide it into this divot. This exists, I believe. And then you chop your onion, just slide it into I... a divot. And so that way you don't have to take everything off the board and then put it in a bowl. You can have a divot. I and then you can lift out from the divot a little bowl that you drop your stuff oh, on. Oh, I see. Just like a little recession. I thought the... you just meant like grooves and. Oh, that's a good idea. I think the only the only problem would be if there is a gap between the the thing you lift out and the board itself. Little food bits would get caught in there when you're just like sliding mm. it along. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to wash it out, but you have to wash it anyway. Mm -hmm. so. I'll figure this out. James, you're you're a master inventor. Just like out. movement is masterful at reinventing the way you, that you eat. No. Uh, no, no. Apron. Blue apron. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Blue Apron, um, I just realized I haven't described the service at all. Uh, they they have a selection of recipes every week. You pick the ones you want off their website, and then they'll ship it to you in a cardboard box with little ice packs. There's even a little separator to separate the meat from all the vegetables and other ingredients. And it ships with recipe cards with pictures and like step-by-step -step instructions. So essentially they ship you all of the uh, ingredients from, from farmers, uh, ethically raised, what have you. Uh, you prepare the meal uh, as provided. They even have videos if you're uh, a novice cooker, unlike myself. Uh, and then you basically have a home-cooked meal. It, portion, it, it portions out to about $10 a serving, but if you're really crafty, you're really crafty. Go on that website, get the high-calorie meals, and then you can divide them into thirds or fourths. Then you're paying $6 or even 5 per serving. It's a pretty good way to save money, especially life, if you find yourself hacks. racking up uh, fast food bills. What? I say life hacks right there. Yeah. Life hacks should work for attack of the show. I already used that. Uh, I already used that tip in a cooking with Lawrence, though, so I can't reuse it. It's a good tip, though. <sighs> Solid tip. Uh, so yeah, you can also get thirty dollars off of your first order uh, by going to blueapron.com/soup. Once more, that's blueapron.com/soup. S-O-U-P. Thank you, Blue Apron, for making my cooking better by the day. And uh, food is delicious. I, I had leftovers of Blue Apron for lunch just now. Oh. I had a mental image of Lawrence like talking about, oh, I couldn't cut on this cutting board and pull out to reveal he was using a surfboard. <laughs> Dang and it. Just, there are different types of cutting boards. Sometimes we use like floppy ones. So that way you can, you know, yeah. hold it up and don't, don't back pedal from this joke. Doesn't matter. I want to hear more about the surfboard. <laughs> when you get when you get into nth level, you I've I've known other uh, amateur chefs that have an array of plastic cutting boards with different colors, and mm -hmm. then you can coordinate what kind of ingredients go on which board. Mm. So you never put vegetables on like a raw meat board or anything like that. Yeah, I always divide. How easy must it be to be Jimmy Kimmel? I'm sorry, Jimmy Fallon. How dare you? Jimmy Kimmel's got it much harder. Apparently Jimmy Fallon has like a crazy reputation as being like a 
hardcore party guy and his uh-huh. his relationship with his I shouldn't go I shouldn't gossip. No, tell me more. What else has Jimmy Fallon told you? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I just I know he's like NBC's like whipping boy. Sort of just boy. like put him in everything. Well, do wouldn't it. You, if that were you, you'd find that to be a burden. You would. would? You would. Oh no, for sure. I think that's what we do with you. So in the sense, his life is not devil's advocate. Mm. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon has it very difficult. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's all very. I think it's what he wanted. I think oh, it's, I think yeah. he wanted to be the. He wanted he, in the system. He wanted. It's like I think he he buttered his way through. He because it was always like, I, I imagine on SNL they're always like, dude, stop laughing, stop laughing at every goddamn skit. Like, you you're doing okay because like the really talented people would go on and do something else. I think they're like, let's just. He's a good guy. Just keep him around. Well, you know the story that Lauren Michaels came to him during his tenure at SNL, and he said, "You're going to be." The next host of the yeah, they're grooming, they're grooming him. I'm just him. saying. So every time you're on the Universal Studios, right, and his face pops up, it's like, oh, this this is by design. He is he is the face of NBC because they're just that. That's, yeah, that's his life. He's vanilla, right? He's like safe. I've, like, yeah, I, I love when Adam develops an, a new like one sided rivalry with a celebrity. I have no rivalry. It's like one of my favorite things. We don't know it's one sided. <laughs> we haven't asked Jimmy how he feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care. No, he's. Nah, I'm swimming in it. I just, yeah, I wonder too. Those those tight ty- those talk show types were like they're getting I don't know seventeen. Those million. types, Adam. <laughs> well, Didn't we like, learn um, anything from last week? Like the uh, what's his face? The you know the the, the big news dudes, the, like the Bill like Ryan Ryan Williams. Oh. Well, those guys. Oh. They, so they have a they have a daily show. It takes yeah. up most of their day. Yeah. They basically they get. So by the time they're sh- so they get into the office at seven a.m. They do the whole show. They get everything ready. They tape at three. They're done by six or seven, and then they have two hours to go home, maybe watch something, and then go to sleep. Cryo sleep, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they're making eighteen million dollars a year. It's like, what do you do? Well, in their def- in in not really their defense, but I mean we've worked on shows like that, and even if. The show needs to start production at 7 a.m. That oh. is not when the host is probably there, not yeah. when Bill O'Reilly shows up. Maybe right. like not to say that he wasn't working hard or whatever. Not to say that Jimmy Fallon doesn't work hard, but he might not get there at 7 a.m. That's a good it's point. It's going to be the segment producers who are going to yeah. who were there until nine the night. I'm before just saying it looks like it looks like Jimmy Fallon cares. I think he just loves it. I think he actually legitimately loves it. I think that's why I was it. asking how he seems easy, like a Hollywood dork. How easy would it be to be him? Hmm. I, I, think, heard, I think it just, it just comes natural. I don't know. It's only easy when you love what you Gossip do. Gossip I think it'd be cool to host a like host a talk show. Do you, you don't think it'd do be tiring? So, I think it would be tiring. I, I haven't actually. In, I mean, so the thing is, people talk about us in like subreddits, YouTube comments, Twitter, etc. They no, speculate no. about our lives, how we are personally behind we the are, cameras, etc. So I, I ha- no, but I have a frame of reference now for thinking like it's not necessarily great to speculate or you know, negatively comment on a public person's life, right? Because you're probably wrong. But it's really fun. It's really fun. (laughs) And there are a lot of, like, blind gossip sites. What would you say about every once in a while on Dude Soup? I present you guys with a piece of blind gossip. And then we try to guess who it is. Can you pull one up now? Let me find it. I'm going to guess. Oh, you have one? Oh, wait, you have a resource? There's a really popular website. I have to... Oh, I thought you were going to make it up. Like, No, no, no. I was about to suggest that Jimmy Fallon, half a monkey brain, that's not blind gossip. That's gossip about Jimmy Fallon. Damn it, it's right. just a straight up lie. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between blind gossip and a lie? Would you, I would how say would you have half of an animal's brain. Chromosomally, at uh, Lawrence is correct. 
He's probably so got it's way not, more. I get sure. I oh guess my it depends God. on your reason. It's not unsubstantiated. Oh, oh, he's got one. Who's gay? Okay. okay, so there's this really popular blog called Crazy Days and Nights, which is the blind gossip. Mm-hmm. The the most recent one is really horrific. Uh, this foreign-born beat. Uh, Lawrence, am I derailing you? No, that's cool. Okay. Fuck it. I was just gonna talk about a movie. Oh, okay. Oh wait, wait. Yeah. Let me check in with Cyberwatch real quick. Cyberwatch. We can do this another time. We no, wait. We can, we'll, we'll both have our independent Stupid. segments, but they're double stacked. So at least you used to have Snowwatch or, or Piercer, Piercer I just, Look. I used to do Snowpiercer Report when I produced Pop Culture Clash at Game Trailers. I'm stealing your idea. Um, <laughs> this is the first. Uh, oh, I have a chart here somewhere. Oh, that, okay. Back. Yeah, if you could bring up the chart, please. Um, so. Uh, I, I like most things that I do at this job that are successful. I'm lifting it wholesale from Elise. Uh, I'm I didn't have time to make a bumper either. I really wanted to make a stupid video, but next week because you know that cyberpunk news never slows down. Welcome to Cyberwatch, where we uh, we check in on Cyberpunk 2077, see what's going on. Oh yeah, that's a game. Yeah, totally is, and it's totally being made. Remember when it won like Trailer of the Year year at the Inside Gaming Awards? Mm-hmm. It's in, still like, it's still a fucking awesome trailer. And I kept, you know, I was, we were in that meeting and I kept going, but what is the game? <laughs> so, like, get out, yeah. newbie. Uh, let's see here, CEO Adam Kaczynski, boy, I, I'm, I'm sorry if I slaughtered that name, uh, spoke at the Pareto Securities Gaming Seminar last week, had a little nugget to drop about Cyberpunk. Oh, it's gonna have uh, guns. Yeah, quote, Cyberpunk is our new Witcher 3, but even more ambitious. Our goal is to establish a new blockbuster franchise from the beginning. We work in a new universe, futuristic universe. We believe it's very appealing to players, not only RPG players, but this is a true RPG, like Witcher, like Witcher 3, for mature audiences. It's handcrafted, detailed, and of course open world, with open-ended gameplay. Okay. So that's it for your Cyberwatch this week. Now I know what the game is. Yeah. It's everything. It's mature. Yeah. It's an RPG. Yeah. But like a real RPG. Okay. A futuristic- Uh Uh-huh. And it's big. It's going to be big. Uh-huh. I want to see if the actor is going to... Oh, good. They're going to do the thing on... We're watching the studio tour. Oh, yeah. The actor's oh. going to come out to put a body in the <laughs> car. To the As Anthony Bates. Perkins from mm. Psycho. I like that he's like, make sure the coast is clear. No one except for that giant van of people. Oh, darn mother. Anyway. You got that graph? That's his uh, No, that's I can find life. it. You know, I, I had a graph that I had made at the time that showed how, how when the amount of snow increased, the amount of... The level of piercing also <laughs> went up, and I had it around here. I brought it from jo- office to office to office, and I I had it around here, but I don't know where it is. I Can made... you give us the blind uh, the blind gossip? Okay, I mean, are you sure, Lawrence? You sure you want this in this episode, or uh, you, you want to wait? Let me, let me screen it real quick. How how bad is it? Oh, it's, I mean, it's not bad. Oh well, fuck it then. Yeah, it's, get in there. I mean, it's bad, but but it's good. This foreign-born B-plus list, mo- mostly movie actress who should have been nominated for an Oscar this year, is getting a consolation prize from the group instead. Anyway, she says that she went on a date recently, and when she told the guy about her past, he beat her. <laughs> Jesus, what? Yeah, I know. This is a strange form of escalation. Lori Petty. It's got to be. Lori uh, Petty's like, cool. You were in what? He Willie beat her. I just realized that's a bold thing to do on a date. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, she didn't call me. It's a kind of a bold thing to do. And I mean, yes, but and, I'm saying yeah. like normally those relationships tend to unfold slowly over time and not with Maybe actresses. Have you guys seen Tank Girl? No, yeah, I have. Did I just remember that Ice T was like a like a kangaroo man? Oh, you remember that, right? Post apocalypse. I mean, Icy could do anything back then. Yeah, he he's in a wide array of very nerdy movies. Because uh, yeah. Ice T is a nerd. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, following in, him on Twitter is one of the best decisions oh, I've yeah, ever made. Oh yeah, he's great. His final level Twitter game. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he was like a fucking anthropomorphized kangaroo man. Wait, that's Ice-T? Not that one. <laughs> Racist. Man, Lori Petty's great I mean, great, when they- All kangaroo men look the same to you, huh? <laughs> Uh, I guess it's like uh, in this scene. It's like the dude from Bright or whatever, the Joel Edgerton. And like, when's when like, why even cast that person? <laughs> or like, I guess you could argue so that your is. intention. He's was, wearing the do rag. <laughs> your intention was that his performance <laughs> would shine through the makeup. He's wearing the do There's also a, like a. I for also forgot about this. Tank Girl is a wealth. Of, it's like a time capsule. Mm -hmm. There was a whole beatnik resurgence in the mid '90s of like dudes who drank coffee and read beat poetry and had goatees and shitty glasses. Weird. Anyway, there's also a beatnik fucking that guy, a beatnik kangaroo man. <sighs> anyway, annihilation's they like, better. They were like an alt grunge, where like other rather than beatnik, weren't they like clean grunge? Wouldn't That's you throw them into the same kind of? I suppose, you know, I think like, a lot of the the vibe was the same because though. beatniks kind of gave rise to the hippies and The beatniks fucking hated the hippies. Yeah, what's his face? They the dude tails. who like He was basically uh, the guy who started the beatnik movement He basically came out and said like I hate all of you <laughs> like you've ruined a good thing I mean hippies suck in general, but I think that there's nothing Whoa. I guess more I don't know true to that person <laughs> Man, so, I should watch Tank Girl. This Tank Girl's something great. else. It's, it's something it's else. Wild. I wouldn't call Tank, it good, but Tank it's Girl intense. and then Judge Dredd and Johnny Nine, Mnemonic. Yeah, ninety five. All the all the chart toppers of ninety five were were really wild. It because it's chart right on that cutoff. <laughs> yeah, like Tank Girl, <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> well, it's it's right on the cutoff of like computers meaningfully changing how movies are made. Uh huh. But it's also at like the height. Of cinema because it's like you know movies earn more and more money they get bigger and bigger budgets So it's like the most money is being pumped into something that's nearly 100% practical And if something isn't practical, they make it the entire showcase of the movie They were also kind of at a point where they're running out of ideas yeah. So they were just finding things that already existed at ideas, but all they wanted was the name You know, it's honestly yeah. it's very similar to how certain advertisers treat modern-day social media like, you got a million followers? I want to do a social media ad with you. Mm -hmm. Except that every single time that person posts something to their social media, it gets like 50 likes. Like, there's zero engagement, but they just looked at the big number. I'm yeah. sitting right here. <laughs> Sorry, Elise. I mean, it's still kind of happening right now where, you know, okay, Harry Potter is a hot thing. So, like, what what's another book series that we can cash in on now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to buy it up. It's going to be a big thing. Percy Jackson? I don't care what it's about. Vampire yeah. Chronicles or whatever. Yeah. They just... Miss Pettigrew's home for Cir uh, Cirque de Freak. Ow. What's was the movie? That was, that that was my favorite. Was Cirque de Freak a book series? Yeah, absolutely. It oh was. man! And then the best is when you see everyone's heart get ripped out of their chest when they're like, "It's a book series. It's gonna be great." And the first one sucks, and they go, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, <laughs> series of unfortunate events comes back in a month or okay. less than a month, and I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Um, and there are instances of great books being adapted into good movies like Annihilation, which Lawrence has been trying to seg to That's right. for a while now. <laughs> uh, I also got distracted. What's the, um, okay, real quick. No one's allowed to say anything after answering this, and then we'll talk about Annihilation. <laughs> do we each get one chance to answer? You do. Okay. There was a movie with Anthony Hopkins, Emilio Estevez, and one other person I'm not remembering. But there's a scene where they're all in like a, a, a round silver room, and they have like fucking cyber helmets on. And they're like 
digi virtual reality fighting and there's like lasers flying all around and there's so just a bunch of shots of faces So you want us to come up with a name for a movie you dreamed about this really exists because I saw it in a coffee shop Like it was really <laughs> confusing because there, there was no the audio there so you're, in Amsterdam, high in mushrooms. Just God, Google, Google Anthony Hopkins and Milo Estevez and see what comes up. Do not look at the filmography. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's very long. It was before and after Titus. <laughs> How do you spell Emilio? I L I O. Yeah. Okay. Man, what's he doing these days? He's acting his heart out. He's right? just I was just Free Jack! 1992. And it looked like it had already been clicked on. Look at how red that is. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the name of this movie every week and I have to look it up again. Mick Jagger? Yes, Mick Jagger. That was the one I couldn't remember. I was like, what the Rene fuck are you Russo? doing in this movie? It takes place in the near future oh, of 2009. Jonathan Banks is in it too, Breaking Bad. We gotta watch this for Filmhouse, Adam. Maybe we don't. We don't have to, but we will. Hey, look, home video releases. Released on VHS in 92, DVD release in 2002. Thanks for letting me know. Okay. They said wait 10 years and then update. That's that was when people <laughs> wanted again. All right, yeah. uh, Annihilation, except uh, we're, let me cream in an ad read Can real I quick. Do, oh yeah, I can do that. I have a quick rant on IMDb trivia. Oh, oh boy. boy. It's not, it's it not has to, be quick. It has to do with what you were saying, <laughs> before at least. All right, uh, well, if, if you're in a weird bubble of distorted space-time reality, you're gonna wanna watch to figure out how to get back. That's a little Annihilation reference for you guys. Oh, thanks um, for Jack. <laughs> not yet. Uh, movement makes quality watches for low, low prices, and since they sell direct to you through the internet, they, uh, you avoid any retail markup, so you don't have to go to a Sears or a JCPenney or any store that, if you're younger than 20, you've probably never set foot inside of. You can just buy it on the internet like a civilized human, and uh, they've got a variety of styles, and actually they're always updating their styles and adding new styles, so if, if maybe you've looked before and didn't find anything that fit your particular likes or dislikes, maybe it's time to check again. Uh, the first time they started sponsoring this podcast, you're like, you get a free watch! Uh, and I scrolled through and I picked the one I liked the most, but it wasn't super, super long my vein. But then the next time they sponsored again, they're like, get another watch. Then I found this one. It's like, it's nice black, silver, there's no, uh, no huge, um, I don't like, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not a Bear Grylls, alright? I don't need to know which way is north, I just want to know the time. And I want it to look nice, and that's what this does. And another tale of woe from me, uh, Lawrence the Hero. They've been, uh, renovating my apartment room, uh, building, whatever. And it involves them busting down the door at 8 a.m. I gotta get up oh. at 8 a.m. Guys. I mean, that is kind of, I, like, that's not what time do you usually bad for everyone else, but I'm if someone's gonna bust down your door 7? at 8 a.m., that you really gotta, but you gotta get out of bed and shit. I gotta be up at 7.30 to take a shower, because they go in there. Anyway, they're replacing, like, the bathroom fans. And as part of that, they shut off power to the whole apartment. And I came home, and it was like, they're gonna be working on this for four days, so every day they're shutting off the power. So all the clocks in my apartment are, like, at random weird times, and they're all blinking. And it's kind of like being in Vegas if you're inside and there's no clock uh, And my phone was like I think dead or across the room or whatever and I can't be bothered to get up and go look at it But I had my watch so I was able to maintain my anchor to reality much like the Protagonist of the hit film not quite a hit film annihilation. There's another reference for you guys uh, But movement is offering uh, discounts for all of you So you should go check out the watch styles if you find one you like you can get 15% off your order with free shipping and free returns, in case you get it, doesn't fit, doesn't do what you like. Whatever, by going to movement.com slash dudesoup. That's mvmt.com slash dudesoup. Check out your watch today. 
You don't need it. You don't need texts. You just need time. I love the idea of Lawrence going. Wait a minute. What time is it? <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. I have nowhere to be, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's con- sitting there. Continue to play Zelda. I finished Uncharted Lost Legacy, so that's something. Hold that's on, I mean, I'm Free playing. Uh, what's it called? Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus. Because <laughs> they re-release it again. Yeah. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. Now it's Super oh, HD. So wait, real quick, when Elisa's saying you shouldn't. Um, Speculate into people's lives, but it is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this correlates with how garbage oh. IMDb trivia is. He's an F one racer that gets warped to the future. I Sorry, more no, it's fine. So the movie Chef, right? Oh yeah, John Favreau. John Favreau. There's not one, but two pieces of IMDb trivia in there that say um, it is speculated that the film Chef is a metaphor for John Favreau's uh, uh, like drug experience. Addiction. Yeah, oh. like his experience working with Marvel. Oh, he has declined this. Yeah, it's in there twice because then they're like, uh, something it had to do with um, Iron Man two instead of Iron Man one, or like, or it had to do with uh, Jungle Book. This is untrue since he's working on Jungle Book. It's like <laughs> on Jungle Books. Uh, I'm just saying, IMDb trivia, just stop. You know, like it's it's not. It's like how James goes on uh, movie details, and they're not even movie details anymore. It's just frames it's great because it's like a bunch of people who don't know that there is someone's job that's a script supervisor so like at the beginning of the movie they mention this thing Mm -hmm. and at the end that's something that's in the movie and you're like yeah i mean everyone involved in that process was had an intention Mm -hmm. that's why they mentioned that's why they mentioned it at the beginning is because it was going to be at the end Mm -hmm. it's not like movies are improvised on the spot and all the details are Oh, whatever. Well, to, and and that hits on something that I feel like maybe people don't know is that for movies, video games, any work of fiction, a human being made the whole thing mm-hmm. or a group of people. It was yeah. made with intent yeah. and knowledge. No, they took a camera into the fantasy land and then they filmed it. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, and they brought these images back to us. <laughs> I feel like there's this. Uh, you, I I feel like that was hints of like the reaction to Last Jedi. Is that no? You're you're messing mm. with what actually happened. Yeah, uh, and it's like, yeah. well, no, people yeah, haven't yeah. made it. They're, they can make whatever I, they I, want. I get it. You can be protective of your escapism and go. I mean, believe, I've I've been dealing with this with the Halo franchise for oh, years mm-hmm. now. I'm like, but why would it? What? Eh, who cares? It's I, just it's fine. I love that people are fascinated with movies because those are the things that I probably like most. You know, mm. those are the things that I like most. If I could do anything, that's what I would be doing. But. And so that's good for me that there's so many people fascinated about it. I could talk about, about movies forever. What? I could talk about movies forever. Yeah. I do it all the time. We'd but it's funny because some people yeah. like some people are fascinated by them, but like still don't understand the process. Yeah. That like things, certain things aren't miracles. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna th- you know consider this, James. Okay. Maybe some people either actively or passively don't want to know the process because they don't want the magic break to go. the illusion. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like like animation too mm. or. Our, you know, our, we talked about mm-hmm. our experience with Sex Wing, where an episode would go up and somebody would post a comment like, "Oh, they should change hope, this thing yeah. for the next episode," and it's like, "Well, it's been done for those 10 were done." Months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of changing things, Annihilation, mm. something interesting run in theaters. Uh, there's there's an interesting story behind it. I also have I I got out of the movie and was was so what's the word intellectually frustrated which is not a bad thing I wasn't mad at the movie I actually really enjoyed it but some movies like that Nolan films have this quality where they will fuck we're watching a trailer for the black hole and there's dumb little robots anyway um there there is like so much intent to what is shown and how that you presume there must be there must be an explanation for some of the less explainable things 
Um, and, and I get very frustrated at Nolan films for, for sort of backing off of any sort of finality in that. They, Nolan films tend to leave their open-ended questions very open. Annihilation is definitely open to interpretation, and I think I've come up with a theory that unifies most of the weird shit in that film. So, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, I, I will be talking about some of that stuff. So I would actually, uh, yeah, I would all say go see the movie if you're yeah. interested in any kind of sort of sci-fi. If you like well, thinking. I was going to say, we live in a weird yeah. age where these, like, hard sci-fi may be an extreme term for it. Soft, hard sci-fi. What, what would you, Firm sci-fi. Yeah, what would you call hard What is it? Because I hear that term thrown around like, this is hard so sci-fi. I would say that a movie like Safety Not Guaranteed with Aubrey Plaza is mm-hmm. soft sci-fi. Primer? Oh, yeah. Is primer hard sci-fi? I would primer, say, I would say primer... I, I at, would say hard sci-fi is like you're in a sci-fi world mm. and you're seeing visuals. And well, so I, I was thought thinking this in terms. Well, of I've got right. the I've got the definition okay. here. Uh, I would. That's what I was thinking. Like math. Oh, is scientific the, accuracy. Math is more important than the plot. Yes. It, it is hard sci-fi is supposed to be. Get you hard. This is this is a very plausible and believable future that could actually happen. Whereas other sci-fi as well. What if we just swapped around these things and took some liberties with what could happen just to just to like frame the human experience in a different way? Tank girl versus Valerian. Like I mean, I think we would be you'd be more likely to soft. see like or read a hard sci-fi book where like hmm. you know like it's, it's very focused on the mathematics and okay. like in the physics. Someone got a hard on for physics. So, uh, so like they, The Martian <laughs> is a is hard sci-fi. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe it's I th- again it's I think that falls closer. into firm sci-fi because I think there's a certain intention where like. Cool. A space survivalist mm-hmm. wanted to write a book about space survival, but then added in a lot of things that make it softer. Hmm. Yeah. So to well, even he, it out, he even admitted the writer was Andrew Weir. I think he said there's no winds yeah. on uh, Mars, mm. and ah. that's what causes the the issue. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, we have to do that to make it interesting." Yeah. Oh, oh okay. and it's like I I for, I, um, I could be saying that wrong, but, but there's something in between, like a I don't know, like a Matrix. Which has one sci-fi twist, and then the rest of it is is action mm-hmm. to which you are familiar, and other movies that are like like Annihilation, which relish kind of weird questions and weird scenarios that you're not familiar with as a viewer, and then just piles them on you, so that way you can get a like sci-fi experience. Mm-hmm. Like Blade Runner, I think is also kind of similar to that. It's more about asking the question in a sci- science fiction environment than mm-hmm. it is about like making you think about how cool the flying cars are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so. Or detailing explicitly how a flying car could work. So yeah. we, we can't call Annihilation hard sci-fi. No, 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 it's, no. no. It, has a, it has a science fiction theme, but it has sort of a fantasy element, but that fantasy element is embedded in a science fiction question yeah yeah and it's unexplained it's stuff like yeah i was gonna say it's the unexplained phenomena that like drives it so Mm. there's there's like a difference though between star wars right well yeah space fantasy which is (laughs) in a science fiction environment but doesn't really i mean it's a hundred i mean there's knights there's magic there's sword fights Mm -hmm. it is a space fantasy yeah but i'm just saying like it also has technology and stuff like that and so it was like but i mean none of that is crucial Mm -hmm. to the enjoyment of Mm -hmm. it necessarily i think people just dig it people really dig it but the movies themes and plots aren't immortally tied as it were um so not i think they're all enjoyable formats but i think annihilation going in 
you should go, oh, this movie's going to want you to think less than it's going to want you. The difference between maybe alien and aliens. But it's going to want you to think more about questions of like morality than it is about questions of science. Yeah. 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 Well, especially the books do. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I think the movie was, this is, this is glancing off of the theories I have that I'll, I'll, I'll get in, I'll, I'll read my excerpt in a, or my dissertation in a moment, but it seems to be more about relationships and how they, how they change or how people change. Change is, is a core thing to the film, obviously. So uh, I guess there's, there's kind of two really fascinating topics about Annihilation. One is the movie itself, because it, uh, it certainly has a very psychedelic, trippy ending that you could interpret in a number of ways. Um, and if you're not into that stuff, you will check out. Uh, <laughs> there, is, there is a titular line that's not delivered the best way right before the movie goes well off the deep end. And man, that, that uh, I watched it with Stephanie, and she was like, yep, I was out. And I was like, well, I was super in, but I also have a lot of faith uh, in Alex Garland, uh, the director-writer. Um, but uh, as far as the story surrounding it, um, Paramount uh, sold distribution, international distribution rights to Netflix, which has a lot of people upset in um, foreign non-American country or non-North American places because they don't get the movie-going experience. And that is kind of a movie that you works really well in a the theater. Screen, yeah. yeah, it's got great, it's got great, uh, great sound effects, great visuals. Some, um, would, some would argue that the uh, sound effects are a little too strong. They can the be. end. <laughs> they get really it blew intense. Out someone's speakers at the movie theater. Oh, really? Yeah. There was. Wow. This, uh, I was reading some of the comments on Reddit. Someone said the uh, the ending was so loud that it blew out the speakers in the theater, and they have to watch the last ten minutes in silence. Oh really? no! <laughs> yeah. Damn. They they went a little buck wild with the the sound on that movie towards the end. Yeah. Very Nolan esque. Yes. Yes. Very much. Like we're gonna we're gonna pierce your eardrum so hard that. You're, everything Michael Caine says at the end is going to just be a muddled mess, or maybe it was the whole time. Twist. <laughs> so, but uh, the so as as a consumer or as a movie going enthusiast, that's a bummer. But uh, there's there's a couple of interesting articles. There's a really good opinion piece on IndieWire, uh, basically laying out that look, you have to appreciate that all of Paramount's recent high concept sci-fi movies have bombed horribly. Those being Blade Runner 2049, Mother, and Downsizing. I don't know if Mother you could classify as science fiction, but... Blade Runner bomb? Yes. I mean, maybe not so bad, but it did make its budget back, is, is, is my understanding. I know could a lot wrong. of people classify Mother as horror. Hmm. Hmm. Mother's well, it, its own... It's but, but that is just something yes. that I have seen, like, Art, film critics and, and analysts calling yeah. it as horror. Yeah. Um, but, so, that, that's kind of an interesting back and forth. I think that dynamic happens a lot in video games of publishers making certain calls based on the affordability of features or ports and then the consuming audience not understanding that or choosing not to understand that or not even wanting to invest the time to understand it, whatever. They don't have to, um, to be honest, but it is interesting the back and forth between consumers wanting what they want and a company needing to make money and trying to find the middle ground. But hey, at least you, at least people in uh, foreign office, foreign areas get to watch it, even if it is at home. Uh, real quick, Blade Runner made uh, cost 150 million. This is box office mojo mm-hmm. um, cost 150, um, made 90 million domestically, and then another it, it pushed it to 256 worldwide. Oh, so okay. Maybe it broke so it even. did make money. It with it maybe broke even yeah. with marketing. They had a lot of marketing. So I mean, it. I mean, it's not a. It, that's what I mean when you say bomb. Like it's funny. So people always say that yeah, like Waterworld, like Waterworld bomb. It's bomb. like they didn't really do that bad. It's just perceived as being an expensive movie that didn't make the billions of dollars back. Like I don't, I well, don't. What, we, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say like I'm trying to think of what is a true 
bomb. Like what a is Tank it? Girl? <laughs> uh, I, I that think Ish, Ishtar is like the greatest bomb of all time. Some movies aren't calibrated for our um, box office weekend. For opening box office weekend is the most important of all things a mentality which we are currently in theatrically. Mm. So like that's kind of a th- I think I could see Blade Runner be being popular enough over time to justify it being like, oh, this is really good. Just kind of like the first Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that did very well, but people held on to it. It affected them in some way that they kept coming back. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Annihilation. Yeah. So let me get into my uh, my my short essay about about Annihilation. It's um it's really fascinating, and and maybe maybe I felt a personal a personal connection with it because of some of the themes or maybe I'm reading into it too much. We are watching the trailer for Annihilation right now. <laughs> yes, um, we are. <laughs> it's actually heavy metal. I love heavy metal. <laughs> I have never seen anyway. Uh, all right. So uh, there there are certain lines that in retrospect after you've watched the whole movie suddenly have a lot more resonance. Most but this is also my desperately trying to find amounts of or aspects of cohesion to it because it can seem pretty all over the place. So one of the things I did really appreciate is that uh the the hammered topic of, of like separation and distortion was beautifully represented visually I thought the way the shimmer looks is very prismatic because when white light hits a prism it separates into the rainbow and there are other themes in the movie of that like separation and change is not destruction it's just changing form which is weird because the movie's titled annihilation which is the complete destruction of something but then again um, I have thoughts on that too there was a Let's see here. I looked up the definition of annihilation. Uh, the first defi- the first definition is an act or instance of annihilating or of completely destroying or defeating someone or something. However, um, uh, with a small dash of physics, you know that that's impossible. There's something called the conversa- conservation of energy, which means that you can never truly destroy anything. You can just change its form. So if you burn a log of wood, uh, the wood changes into ash and heat and light and smoke. Uh, energy is conserved. It never, it's never destroyed. It just radiates out into nothingness and the blackness of space. So in that, you kind of get notes of the same themes of that separation is not destruction. It's just changing form. Um, and that, again, is a theme that's hammered over and over in the movie. So I was what I was confused about is that one of the early comparisons they draw with change is cancer. And that's when cells start replicating abnormally in the human body. That's cancer. And then once that happens enough, then your organs fail because the cells aren't doing the jobs they were originally programmed to do because they've been altered either through radiation or bad diet or or genetics or whatever. There are similar similar lines where they talk about how aging and death is a flaw, uh, that the change of cells to break down is uh, is like baked in. It's, it's, it's a, a genetic mistake. Yeah, something that can be fixed. And then there's a there's a very brief conversation about whether or not that's the natural state of things. So okay, getting into getting into various lines that at least to me had a lot of meaning. So it's tough because I don't I don't want to spoil everything, but at the same time, this isn't going to make any sense unless you have some framing device. So the the broad beats of the movie are um, Lena's a scientist, her husband who's in the military goes on some secretive black op, disappears for a year, reappears in their house, except he's acting very strangely. Uh, turns out he was sent into this paranormal phenomenon called the shimmer it's area this, x yes it's really like but they kind of nickname it the shimmer yeah yes yeah. you're right uh and in and it's the rules of the world are essentially that this area there's like a meteor that hit earth and caused this and it's growing 
and people are trying to understand it, but everything that goes in never comes out. Um, and that includes people, radio waves, any kind of thing. So the premise is that this uh, bubble is actually just distorting everything into that goes into it or through it. That includes DNA, light, radio waves. It basically acts like water. It refracts. And there's a lot of water imagery as well, which has another meaning. Now, uh, there are certain lines that are odd to me. Uh, there's a line where um, Oscar Isaacs is, is the husband. and There's a, a video where he's... Yeah, he's basically talking to a copy of himself and there's a line of am I you are you me and To me what that felt like when I heard that line is there when when I went and underwent moments of great change in my life I could almost feel myself changing as a person like I could feel my thoughts shifting I could feel the identity of who I was or who I used to be start to go away and this new image of who I am start to take shape basically incorporating this experience that I'd have, either loss or gain or changing or moving places. And there's another line, too, where uh, Lena's talking to one of the other scientists, scientists with her, um, and I forget her name, but she was talking about how she had lost a daughter. And there's a line in there that says she's mourning two people uh, in this process. She's mourning her daughter, and she's mourning the person she used to be, a mother, you know, with a daughter. And in that way, I felt like there was a, a, a bit of cohesion there in describing how you as a person can separate from who you are, and then that person can feel like they're still there, but they're fading away. Um, and to me, the greater theme of the movie then seemed to become that it's more about appreciating that you as a person can change, the old you can die, a new one can come along. And when it comes to relationships, that gets really complicated. And I think that's ultimately the point of the film is that when you're in a relationship with someone for long enough and you change as a person, your relationship is not what it was because you're effectively a new or a changed person. So when one or both people undergo those changes and become different people, they have to find a way to come back together. And part of that involves recognizing and letting go of your previous self, which is kind of what I read into the third act of the film when it gets really trippy and weird. So that's kind of those are kind of my thoughts on it. I've got more details and stuff, but I don't know that I necessarily need to get into that much detail about it. Because also because I'm trying to keep some of it a little bit hidden. In my, like, in my opinion, this, how I feel about spoilers is like, a good movie, you can tell someone what happens, but that doesn't remotely give you the experience of seeing it yourself. So I'm hoping that that's the case with Annihilation. If you haven't seen it and somehow decided to stick around for me, just dumping a bunch of random thoughts. I don't know, what, what did you guys think? Um, what were your thoughts on it? Because I feel like it's one movie that can probably have endless discussion, provided you're of the temperament to do that. Which is, I think, why it's having such a um, volatile reaction with some people. I think Maybe some divisive. People, div yeah. 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 For some people, yeah. Um, I think it's because, you know, Lawrence can read that into it, but I think someone else could read something else into it and be ju completely justified um, in doing so. I, th I feel like that's, I feel like if you asked Alex Garland, well, I know what I know. Like, I feel like I know my answer, but that's just my answer on it. And I know that drives people crazy sometimes. With, um, oh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> with uh, this movie didn't bother me so much. Sometime. I, I, oh, had, a, I no. had a feeling going in that I was not going to get like a solid answer at the end of it. Some, anytime a movie starts with, something dramatic happening to silence 
I go, oh, I'm going to have to decipher this myself. <laughs> You're right. That is kind of the, that's a clarion like, call. Melancholia right? is like the same one. Like Melancholia just opens with two planets crashing into I each other. And it's complete, completely silent. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying you watch and you go, aha, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell me. That's your cue as a yeah. viewer, that you, the audience. You're not going to, they're not going to tell me. So, but so I watched it going into that. I did feel like that it kind of straddled the line between some points where it was like, like it felt like it wanted to be actiony horror, and then other times it wanted to be very philosophical and thematic to the way Lawrence is like very much explaining, mm-hmm. and so, so I think there's a balance there that I think is causing people to go. Oh, I didn't know what I should have been thinking. I wish it had just been like the type of movie that it was the whole way through. I like that it was both. Personally, yeah. um, I I got out of a sense that you know, kind of like building on Lawrence, Lawrence is saying. They talk a lot about mutation and it has like a negative connotation, but then it also shows the beauty of mutation and how we're all a result of it. And so to think that like, aha, there, we did it. Humans are the final form seems like really naive and short-sighted in the grand scheme of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in Area X, it's designed to make you think outside of the possibilities of that. Well, it's also when you look at the, the vastness of the universe and the complete random chance that had to occur that if you believe in evolution um that we would come to this form right like there had to been something i I joke about this sometimes where i'm like there could have been the ultimate cure for all disease and it was in this small little frog but one of the pioneers on a boat ran it over (laughs) and it was like we found the new land and it was like and you you doomed humanity Mm -hmm. you know like you don't know these things everything's so it's all it's chaos it's constantly it's a bunch of atoms constantly crashing against one another and it's just chemical reaction um and like these so when like james is saying to sit there and go we did it we're done it's like we're just a small blip on what it will become and there's a good chance that we can all be destroyed by something and like the dinosaurs before us something will move on and so when something like the shimmer shows up it should almost be welcomed with open arms as opposed to total fear or maybe something in the middle but it's I guess that's one of those interesting things about the movie too it's like where do you land yeah I I think too the movie is works to say not to diminish that like not to diminish you and human beings in our current state mm. i think you guys are great and i can't believe that through random chance and evolution you guys ended up this way that's awesome there's other stuff though behind it there's giant infinity anuses <laughs> and like like <laughs> duplication machines and be- endless beauty that we've never been exposed to before that's also if we can go a little bit further or in a different direction to the side or a back or whatever like we can come across so i, I like how the movie kind of embraces that to me, that vibe of it. Yeah. At least, what about you? I, I think you're coming from a different perspective because yeah. you've read all the books, right? I thought mm. it was a really good movie. I mm-hmm. think that um, some people had issues with the pacing, feeling like it was maybe sl- slow leading up. I, I had no problem with it. I expected it actually to be that just the kind of of slow um, storytelling leading up to Area X. But as, coming from having read the Southern Reach trilogy. I was a little bit disappointed by the fact that they weren't unpacking the mystery of Area X, the mystery of the relationships between these women in in the way the book did, um, because there are a lot of differences, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I I felt like the movie was adapted in a in a great way that actually made for like a more because I think sometimes like a lot of the concepts of the books you need just a lot of like 
prose and like just the author kind of uh, musing to sort of look at these big ideas and these big concepts and to have something to take away from them. In a movie where you're just showing every, everything, you can't have somebody standing there and just talking for 10 minutes about about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like in the movie where it's like there is a focus on relationships, which the book, of course, she is going into Area X to try to figure out what happened to her husband. But Oscar Isaac is not like what what you see in the movie with him is not what happens in the book. So mm-hmm. there and, you know, you don't have the character like the mother who's talking about like there it's it, the relationship aspect is not really a, a focus but the focus on like the morality of area X, something like area X saying, who are we to try to stop this process? Mm-hmm. Should we, the, the concept like Lawrence said, the conservation of energy of saying, um, if something is destroyed, does it not then become something else? Can it not replicate in some way and mm-hmm. then live on in some way? Like all, all the concepts uh, are, the, I think there. And I think, Alex Garland made a movie that like would emotion emotionally resonate other than just just having you like, oh, mm-hmm. what is what are these theories? Like, I think it, it hits you like in a guttural reaction, too. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing that kind of I didn't like about the movie was I like Gina Rodriguez a lot. I think that's her name, right? The yeah. actress that's from she related, Jane the Virgin. Jane yeah. the Virgin. Is yeah. she related to? Michelle Rodriguez? Rodriguez? Michelle Rodriguez? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Because when they when she was in the movie, I was like, she's like the toughest so nails. I didn't yeah. like that character. Yeah. Because she was just kind of injected in that. I think for for the because in the book it's all like they're all scientists and they don't know each other's identity. But in this, it's like having her kind of as a non-scientist. She's still somebody that's like skilled in you know she's a paramedic, so she's skilled in medicine, but. Uh, to have that character that's like the Ellen Page of Inception going, what, do, what is that? Like, yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, good. Da-. Like, I kind of was not into that. I like I like the actress, though. I don't think she related to Michelle Rodriguez. She did kind of stand looked, out looked like a younger a filmic archetype. I, I wasn't really mm-hmm. crazy about that. Well, she's not that in Jane the Virgin, it, at least. Well, it's like, but no, yes, in this like, movie. It reminded me of like she Prometheus. Was a bit one note. Yeah. When they were like, they have the unhinged guy get on a spaceship to go fly with everyone's like, what's going on here? I can't wait to fight. It's like, how did he make it past the fucking psychological exam to get on this thing? Yeah. Well, I'll give the movie credit though. And Sorry, and and no, maybe like doing doing the thing and admitting it doesn't change the fact that you did the thing. But at least at least the movie sets up of like, oh, people go crazy in there. And then once she starts going crazy, she's like, oh, shit, is this happening? Like, is, am I the crazy one now? Yeah, I, I think what James, what James like said, it's, it was that archetype, that forced down your throat mm. character yeah. archetype that bothered me because it just felt so crude mm-hmm. compared to the, like, not the performances, but the character types of the other, like, these these women who are very, like, and, and I guess I'll, I'm also biased from the book and it's like, you know, but and, and yeah, just unpacking the so mystery. So that character's for not me. like that in the book. I don't think there is a that character. I think it's just the four women that go in. I like in the books. You don't know that the director is one of the women on the expedition. Mm. They don't know each other's names. All they know is their titles. Like you're the you're the the linguist. You're the biologist. And so there's all this like. I don't know. I I I still thought it was a really good movie, and I I liked it. I think also in regards to that character. They did throw in kind of like Lawrence, what you're saying. They did throw in a line about how like 
It's like, why would he want to go in there to, if he knew it was a suicide mis- mission? And they're like, well, suicide is not, it's, it's not just I want to die. Sometimes it's self-destructive behavior. And then they managed to, like, the movie specifically addressed everyone else's self-destruct. So each one of the women has something. The only one it didn't touch on was her. And so you could argue that hmm. her personality type is what drew her to going in that mission in the first place. Mm-hmm. That like 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 gun toting attitude, you know, like she she creates conflict in places where sometimes there shouldn't be conflict. Maybe yeah. her part of her self destructive behavior, but the movie specifically addresses it so you can identify those attributes with other, all the other characters, but not necessarily with her, which then makes it a harder pill to swallow when she just becomes an archetype, kind of, hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it's a weird thing. I could see reading it, like writing it and going like, I've justified it. I figured out the solution for her and mm-hmm. her being this way because she's definitely there so the movie can serve a purpose. Yeah. She serves a purpose for the movie, but not necessarily as a representation of something that's true. But I think there's also justification in the movie for them saying, like, maybe this is, we'll leave that out because that's not so explicit. I really like Jennifer Jason Lee in it. Oh, yeah. I thought she was well, great. Well, you like her in everything. Mm-hmm. I do like her, but mm-hmm. I thought, like, just the way she she played her, mm-hmm. her like, level of, of just her subdued, kind of serious, you know, monotone nature sold it. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a cool movie. I agree. I'm... I'm, I think the world is richer for it, uh, which sounds sounds like high praise. But I also think to, it's something that's going to have to mean something to you. I think um, you know. I think anyone can go watch Black Panther and have a great time. I think Annihilation will either frustrate you with its, uh, I don't even know what the word would be, implicit nature. Or well, you have, have to you. you have to infer what you will from it. I yeah. think that and and that's sometimes that conflict frustrates me. When there are so many lines that are said with such intention and it's like driving somewhere and maybe there's a point, but then the end is like, I don't know. It's like, well, you, you just, you said all these things on purpose at the exact time, the exact way you wanted. And then you're just going to say, I don't know, in the last five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay with it in the sense that as I get older, I'm, I'm more okay with, with personal interpretation or I appreciate more the art of, of leaving holes and gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, you can't just do it. Doing it arbitrarily is awful, and I, I've seen plenty of yeah. examples of that. Yeah, I think the movie is also explicit and inexplicit. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's weird. Like sometimes it's like this is what it was, and yeah. then in other times it goes like, but maybe it isn't. Well, compared to was. the books, it's yeah. pretty explicit. Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, I was kind of watching it like, oh shit, they just said that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like that took like 700 pages. I guess, yeah. I, I like the movie only because it didn't have. An antagonist hmm. I like movies that do that where it kind of you go in uh, I, I went in knowing nothing like I saw maybe half a trailer and said I saw Alex Garland's name on it I'm like I'm fine I'll go in he seems to know what he's doing 99% of the time so well, I trust even it's gonna be a good film area X is it is, is it an, an antagonist Really? Maybe. I mean, I don't know, know that it that's is. Really, yeah, it's yes, not like it's not like we need to stop this thing from destroying Earth yeah. at a certain point. It's like it, maybe right. it own it should own Earth. Not I think us. the antagonist was the self, as you again my interpretation. But the uh, Area X allowed people in an almost Silent Hill kind of way to confront themselves or twisted versions of themselves or or just the idea of change or death. Uh, or ending, new beginnings, the unfamiliar, 
just fear in general. It's it is great when there doesn't there's not not like like a human. It, there's mm -hmm. no there's it's a no concept. Moriarty, you know, it's like yeah, you're you're fighting an idea l more less than you know, and it it's not a black and white sort of movie, and I can see that being frustrating. And like those types of movies can get can bother you sometimes. I get that way, where I'm just like. Okay, this movie's either trying to be too smart or it thinks I'm smarter than I am, and I'm. I, it's like a Terrence Malick film. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, sometimes you want to just turn your brain off, which is, I guess, a, becoming a bad thing to say. But like, I don't know. Sometimes you just want to. Ah, that's valid. I just want to enjoy the film. I want to enjoy what it is. I want to see something like a just a fun, stupid movie. Like, a, what's that? What's that one you want to watch? The Storm Heist. Oh yeah, Hurricane, oh, Hurricane Heist. Heist. <laughs> James and I were in Make the it theater. Rain. James and I were in the theater, leaving whatever movie we were seeing, and then all of a sudden he goes, <gasps> "I went like what's that and it's a it's like a before us almost as if we had missed it a giant poster for hurricane heist yeah. but it was in a place in the theater that it looked like they were trying to conceal they were trying it. To hide it yeah <laughs> i saw someone describe it as it's one of the fake movie trailers they play to tell you to silence <laughs> <Yeah>. your movie <laughs> or silence your phone before the movie like before uh tropic thunder well they keep selling it as the director of fast and the furious but yeah. fast and the furious has become this Completely different thing. It's the original yeah, director, Rob Cohen. Rob Cohen, who started the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But the the Fast and the Furious names are so muddled. I mean, they're basically just remaking the same movie over and, and over. Triple so X. Like, you forgot I, Triple X. I, I, well, I was citing he also did uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, yes. which is a pretty good movie. That was pretty good. I liked it. And the, fir Dang, the first Dragon 10 Heart. minutes of Triple X are impeccable. Heart. And Dragon, Dragon Heart. Heart was great. 90s back, everybody. Time. Uh, all right, what are dragons going to be back in fashion? I don't know. I, we what, had a dragon what, wave. What killed the dragon genre? Was it uh, that? Uh, well, with Game of Thrones, dragons are back, right? On TV can, form. Can someone recommend me a good piece of literature or media or something which features a cyberpunk future where dragons exist? Shadowrun. All of Shadowrun. Oh, I that guess that's Shadow a lot. Shadowrun. That's the show for today. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, is that where we end on that? <laughs> no, no, no. We got, we got to net hard real quick. Uh, oh. the, sh the Shadowrun point and click games. There are dragons. Like big dragons or like people mm. with dragon skin? No, no, no. Straight up dragons. Mm. Like wise mm. dragons that have existed for thousands of years. Mm. The whole premise of Shadowrun is, is like grim cyberpunk feature. And then magic happened. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then elves were born. And now there are trolls. Also dragons started flying around. That's really it. It's like right. Oh yeah, That's what everyone said bright. Oh was, bright. Oh, I didn't. Everyone know. said bright was a uh, like a Shadow Run ripoff. Damn it. Are it there wasn't cyberpunk? Are there street samurais? L A. It was like know. modern day L A. Yeah. And then occasionally they they put a CG dragon flying through the sky <laughs> in the background as Will Smith stuck in traffic. I mean, as Lawrence, you should be every day is like Christmas for you. It right? really is. This is the greatest time because like Altered Carbon yes. comes out and yes, mute, mute, yes, yes, yeah. Well, just, mute was garbage, but still, I mean, like, but I was still happy to have watched. There's so it. much neon for you. Yes, mm. uh, mute was fun, fun trash, um, but still trash. Sorry, Duncan. I'll watch your next thing, but damn. All right, I guess that's enough. That's enough movie talk for today. Uh, and just by the way, yes, we have a movie podcast. The only reason I brought that up is because I really wanted to talk about it and Adam said they weren't we, going to talk We have about a long. guest coming in this week from Wisecrack and we're going to talk about S. Darko because I'm going on their podcast Topical. to talk about Donnie Darko. That's the ne next Darko movie? Did, did no, it already it came, came out. out came like out. seven years ago? It was, it? it's a, it's random. The Wisecrack guys reached out to us and like, we want to do a, a podcast like Swaparoo and then they're like, what movie do you want to talk about? And it was a list of like random movies. They just talk about like random films. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do Donnie Darko. I'm like, okay, I like Donnie Darko. We can talk about that. But then to have uh, Jared from their side come over on our podcast, I was like, well, we typically talk about bad films. Uh, we want to try to mix it up a little bit. But American Psycho 2, we got to get in that. We did that already. Oops. <laughs> yeah, were, I was you there. You were on it. Never mind. <laughs>
I was just thinking of bad sequels. What about the Boondock Saints sequel? That came out, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's a bad sequel. I, I have never saw it. it. I saw it. I, I, just, I mean, it just was like more Boondock Saints. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't qualify All Saints Day, Boondock Saints 2, as a bad sequel. <laughs> I just okay, it just fair. felt like more Boondock Saints. Die Hard 2, then. Die Hard, Die Hard 2? Even still isn't that bad. People yeah, like no, to, Die Hard 2 is not as good as good 4 and the, 5 is are way worse three, than 2. Yeah. 1 and 3, gold standard right yeah. there. All right, fuck it. Uh, all right, uh, here's we got a Ned Hard now. Lucy two. When did this happen? That's a good one. I'd watch. Twenty eighteen. It's not out yet. I guess. About I'd watch time. That. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch that. I love Deep Lucy. A brilliant billionaire named Carl Durant is experimenting on bull sharks, which soon rebel to cause a havoc for a group of scientists. I mean, this, this huh. is what we call a soft reboot. <laughs> we should. We should do <laughs> soft waterfy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Yeah, I like that both movie a lot. Both of the twos. So oh. out of the shadows and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. We watch them at the same time. Yeah, simultaneously. All right, so uh, last week, the hard-knitting winner, mm -hmm. the Garbage Man, mm -hmm. uh, who makes a variety of delightful inventions, mm -hmm. actually immediately Holy recognized shit. us. Where do I even start, you know? Here. Big, the biggest thanks I can give to Funhouse and their Dude Soup podcast for having my channel on. It was a, is there a dislikes? pretty That's big deal uh, for me. I was going to say, he was like, he was like, like I'm not sure why the dislikes were so high on my uh, appearance, but... Yeah, you got a you got an ignominious start, garbage man. But uh, to thank us, he um, he decided to gargle an entire package of hot dogs, cool. one for every dick, one penis. Wow, per that child. Each of oh. you hopefully have. Hopefully? And this is what I owe you. Four dicks. I'm gonna shove all these hot dogs <laughs> in my mouth at once because it's the least I can do. That is the it's least. It's the very can least I can do. I have nothing ah, more than wet meat. Ah, uh, oh, we all watch like Eric Andre. Oh, it's Eric Andre. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, same, same. Absolutely. It's a lot of hot dogs. Absolutely. Uh, one way down the hole. Oh, oh. my pedophile story, apparently. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's continuing. <laughs> thumbnail. Rats. Yeah. So, <laughs> too, sorry. So, yeah, um, in case any of you are unaware, he makes a variety of barely functioning. The one right there, bottle flip device, is, looks pretty good. All right. Looks promising. In today's society, status is determined by how are these well like you those flip a shitty robots and have that a land right side Kind up. of. They're not as good. It's more like a license plate suit of armor. Okay. It's, so it's a plate of armor, a license flipper. plate, they throw like, a branch at them. I like the creativity, though. I did. That's, what, I, that's what Bruce and I, I think Bruce and I were the ones who voted for him, ultimately. That's what we were impressed by. So let's see this. See this he has to build something, uh -huh. then he has to make a video. Uh huh. And usually he ends up hurting himself. Aww. He he made a like a portable chair, mm -hmm. which he essentially just broke the back legs off a chair and then strapped it to his back. So when he sat down, like the two pegs would go into the ground and he'd be able to sit. Because mm -hmm. uh -huh. the first time he went down, it collapsed and then he like, scraped open his arm. He was in a park. It was fine. He's an inventor. Yeah, he's a he's a dreamer. All right, here it goes. Let's see that bottle flip. Nope. Oh, I see. Because everyone's flipping bottles. Yeah. Why would why do you need to do it yourself? Right. It's I'm like gonna... a robot that solves a Rubik's cube oh, for you. What? Wait, hold on now. Whoa! Whoa. You did it. And that's how it's done. Okay. I'd also like to try just one more test. Would... All right. Well, why uh, test anything more than once? I don't know. I always it seems pretty decisive. Yeah. All right. The competitor. Uh, this might be a bit of a softball. Uh, but there's this gentleman who drinks a shitload of vodka and then just goes rolls around in the snow hmm. and um, He does this a lot uh, His name was this a, a Rahul recommendation. No, just some Ooh, dude someone on was telling us about this Tor Eckhoff 53 lives in uh, Sandefjord in Norway Ooh. worker in a paint factory paint factory, <laughs> but uh, 
Alcoholic and Snow, live cell phone video. Let's open that up. So it's uh, it's basically exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also makes it very clear that he is not paid by the vodka manufacturer of his choice because uh, that would be illegal. You're not allowed to uh, not allowed to advertise alcohol in Norway. Really? Yeah, that's what he says. Hey man, I'll, I'll take his marketing. Do you think it stops anyone from buying it? Absolutely. I'd argue it's no. Norway. So he's having a good time out there. Usually he whips up a giant bottle of vodka. There it is. Yep, and he's knocking it back. How many times has he done this? That's important. Refreshing. Yeah, I was gonna say it's well temperature. I mean, doing doing this, he doesn't just waddle through the snow every time. Sometimes he jumps in a frozen lake. Other times he has a bathtub filled with ice water out in the snow that he's laying in drinking vodka. It's always right. chilled though, right? So gotcha. Earlier when James and I were saying that humans haven't reached their full potential, mm-hmm. I, I retract. Okay, said, that's fair. Yeah, we've done it. Ooh, that's, that's pretty intense. Got a surge, gonna knock it's back a called two urge. liter of surge. And he's got a lot of views. 861,000. Yeah. Oh, and there he's flopping around. Yeah, I mean, I I personally have never <laughs> have never uh, said that it must be underground or unknown. No, yeah, that's fair. So it, that's up to you guys. I leave it to the the voting. Po- that's weird. He has fifty two percent vodka. Whoa, it froze on the doll as soon as he poured it. Holy shit! That's, vodka can't yeah, freeze. That's bad for vodka. Oh wait, yeah, and maybe it's water inside of it. Maybe he was cheating. Oh, little guy, there you go, buddy. Who's number fifty three? No, he's. He's, He's 50. 53 years old. He became 53, so we, we went out. I oh, I see. Today. He had some oh, okay. chips, uh, and a little beer. Man, every single day, I'll, like, I'll go home and go, maybe I should stream tonight. And then I just go, I just don't have time. If I did, it'd be for 20 minutes. It wouldn't be worth it for anybody. Yeah. This guy. This is video, same shit as always. Old birthday. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> around. Throwing a bunch of stuff in a trash can. <laughs> Smells good. Oh yeah, he was knocking back that vodka, cold as hell, running around. Just living life, you know? Eating that thing? Yeah. Good for him. Eating it's a wing? like a Norwegian version of Arlie Emery. Yeah. It's yeah. got kind of that, like, just such a softer version. He's yeah. Norwegian Mr. Bean. That's how they know, Norwegian? That's what they know him as. Yeah. Good one. Hmm. Goats. Nice. Man. Cool. Norway's beautiful. Oh, he's already, he's already in his skivvies. God damn it. There was a Reddit thread Lurge. last week about a guy who got his feet amputated uh-huh. because he was he was on a work trip in Chicago and wanted to save money by not getting a hotel or a motel overnight. Uh-huh. So he just slept on the ground? Trip. So he slept in his car, but his feet were, his shoes were Jesus. wet. His shoes were wet from, uh, from walking around just like in the cold snow. All right. And he had the heat on in the car, but while he was sleeping, the car ran out of gas. Uh. And so the engine turned off and the heat turned off. And then he woke up and his feet kind of hurt. Uh. And then by the time he like actually got up and thought about it, his feet were frozen solid and then they had to amputate them. And then this guy goes and swims in the water and stuff like I think it was, he spent a fair amount of time being cold in a car, mm-hmm. so it's not like oh you could just walk outside and accidentally lose your feet. But I any to now that's all I can think about now is when this dude walks around and crawls around in snow in his underwear in his underwear. Uh. 
how the human body can react to cold in different ways. Well, it turns out, I guess, if you knock back an entire bottle of 56% vodka, mm -hmm. you can ignore any amount of extreme cold for a little bit. It warms you on the inside. Yeah. Maybe maybe that dude should have just knocked back an entire bottle of grocery know, store vodka. His foot would have been more frozen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should have gotten Thank toe. goodness for him we do live in the cyberpunk age, Christ. though, where bionic limbs are starting to look pretty fucking cool. Yeah. He didn't, this dude was high spirits. Uh, he had a really good attitude about the whole thing. That's good. I hope he gets cool feet, though. So we got to vote, huh? Yeah, I got to vote. All right, Garbage Man oh, with his, his bottle flipping uh, portable chair. Let me look up that portable chair video. The only so new invention he's made is the bottle flipper, right? <laughs> since, uh, since I mean, it takes some time to put these together. Yeah, the, the license plate armor was four weeks ago. Then a few, mm -hmm. he puts out a video every month, every other month or so. Where's that portable chair? That's some good shit. Where are you? Where are you? Appreciate oh. the tenacity. Mm. This is tough. Sit one. anywhere, chair. Perfect. This is a tough one. These are definitely people who are lovers of their own craft. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm so grateful yeah. for that. Oh. Just so, you know, you basically kind of support yourself, but you're resting at the Oh, so, wait, so it's the front legs? Just... Oh, I don't understand. Wait, shouldn't we have to it... lean against a wall. No, you just got to balance on the two two chair legs there. Shouldn't it have I been see. the back legs? Or am I getting physics wrong? Shit. If it were the back legs, then he no. would be the chair, right? The, uh, I mean, the invention didn't work out, clearly, so it's got to go back into the lab. Anyway, all right, all right. let's vote, because we're well over time. We only okay. had two reads this week, so our time is money. Uh, garbage man, Apator, uh, James. Who do who do you think's netting harder? Uh, I'll go Apator. Wow, I appreciate the positivity that he's putting out into the world. Jeez, okay, that's surprising. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I'm gonna give it to Apator. Wow, garbage man has had his time. His time is over. Jeez, okay. <laughs> no, I, I actually really like what he's doing. I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, Changing the world. Getting fucking drunk and rolling no, around. I, in I I like people who are true to their craft. But uh, I have a soft spot for a, a guy who's going to die soon. <laughs> He's 53. He's made it this far. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, just for record keeping sake, Elise, where do you where does your vote lie? The second I saw Apatora, I knew I was going to give it to him. He wow. should play Michael Scott on the Norwegian version of The Office. I'm confident in that. Look at this guy. Sounds fair. Okay. Well, I got to admit, I thought this was going to be a, a nice soft grief. volley against the garbage man. But turns out uh, he's got that for a reason. Oh, got to thaw out the old bath? bathtub. Trying to cut the ice out of his bathtub so he can lay in it? I think that's what he's doing. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Apator. Or wait, that's not his name. Um, Apator. Tor Eckhoff. Tor. Tor. It's so, a strong name. It is. So okay. congratulations, Tor. You are the, the hallowed winner of this week's Hard Nutting. But you know who is the actual winner? Me. Because you had to listen to me for an hour and a half. <laughs> sweet, sweet validation. No, it's you, the audience. Thank you for listening this week. You're the winners in all of our hearts and our bank accounts. <laughs> no, seriously, we love you. I don't know. Um, I'll just like do this. Get, like we get actual, like a transaction from the podcast? Yeah. You okay. don't, wait, you don't. Every time I, I shut the podcast down, I hear a cash register ka-ching, mm. and then I load up my bank account. No, There's another. getting away. Get him, Benson. Yeah, James is wheeling on Take out of here. All right, well, yes, seriously, though, legitimately, thank you for listening this week. Uh, hope you continue to listen. We'll have... Every week will be a little bit different, trying new things, trying different things, but hey, hopefully it'll be interesting. Um, if, if I've learned one thing from being in the internet media game, it's the lack of consistency keeps people around. So that's what I want to do here. That was a joke. Anyway, thanks. Uh, hope you come back next week if you enjoy the show. Appreciate it if you leave a rating, leave a comment, whatever you like. I do try to check as much as I can. Uh, sometimes there's too many comments to read them all, but I try to do what I can. Anyway, we've got the post show coming up. If you're watching live, we're going to check out some fan art. 
take your comments, address your concerns and issues in a very professional and medically medically licensed manner. So please stick around for that if you're watching live. And if not, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.